Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. This is episode 90. Today, I'm going to talk about the intensive and invite you to come next year by telling you a few stories and just a lot of fun. So I want to bring you up to speed on how things went. And then I also want to spend some time on the front end praying for Darren Patrick's family. Let's go ahead and pray and ask for the Lord's help, and then we'll chat. Lord Jesus, we need wisdom. I need wisdom and direction. Help me to encourage the guys that are listening. God, I thank you for a successful intensive trip. I'm really thankful for the 17 men that went. And the fact that you protected us, it was a little crazy. <laughs> so thank you for your protection. And Lord, we also just lift up Darren Patrick's family to you. Most everybody listening to this has already heard the news about his passing away last Thursday. And so God, I, I can't imagine the pain from that, from his family. And uh, Lord Jesus, no matter what the circumstances were surrounding his death, we know it's it's just sad. And so help his family, Lord Jesus, draw near. Uh, God, father them well lead this time. I trust you will. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. I'm going to pour some Black Rifle Coffee Company. I wish they would be some sponsors for us, but I've already reached out and they said they wouldn't sponsor us. So I'm going to pour my coffee real quick. As I am, I'll tell you about the giveaway. I'm giving away 10 Canon Press books. Got some really great books that we're giving away. You can sign up for that now online. So you can find that on the Facebook page or in the show notes. I'll put them in the show notes today. And they're there, I think, last week's as well. You can sign up for that. It's going to be running through the month of May. So you have three weeks to sign up still. But great books. Would love for you to check that out. I love Canon Press. Canon Press and Banner of Truth are my favorite publishers for different reasons, but they're my favorite. And so check those books out, and you can hopefully hopefully win. Okay, Darren Patrick. I've known Darren since 2008. And in 2008... I went to plant a church in Heron, Illinois. I didn't know what I was doing. I just started listening to Acts 29 guys. I started listening to Driscoll in 2004 or 5. Uh, I got to work with Matt Chandler in 2004 at a camp in Glorieta, New Mexico. So I just started podcasting, this podcast thing. And so I started listening to Chandler, another guy named Neil McClendon. I got to interview Neil. That all led up to 2007. And in 2007, I left college early and moved back to Illinois, to Southern Illinois, and a ragtag group of people kind of disgruntled 20, mid-20-year-olds, started a church. And it was kind of accidental. We didn't know we were starting a church at first. We just kind of thought we were starting this new kind of uh, service kind of thing. And then we ended up with a church with elders. We read Alexander Stronch because Driscoll had recommended that book, Biblical Eldership. And so I, I listened to that. And then at that time, I didn't know Darren Patrick, even though he and I had grown up in the same town together. We both grew up in Marion, Illinois. He was a few years, he's like 12 or 13 years older than me. And so we were plugging along, and then we decided we'll kind of pursue Acts 29. I kind of just did some research, and we started going to these Acts 29 quarterlies up in St. Louis at The Journey. And before that, I had already met Darren. Darren was kind enough to come and meet me at Benny's in Marion. It's this Italian restaurant in Marion. And and we just sat down and talked. And now I look back, he was about my age right now when we first met. He was a little bit older than me. I think he was 37 when we first met. And he was just really kind. He offered to become an elder of our church. He actually recommended that we drop all of our elders and just kind of replant with him being an elder and a couple other pastors in the area being an elder. And 
We didn't do that because we were young and, and didn't really, again, have any idea what we were doing. But that started an on-again, off-again friendship. And I say friendship loosely because it's not like Darren and I talk to each other all the time or anything like that. But we had met several times over the years. And he was incredibly encouraging to me in times that I really needed it. When I had left a, a larger church that I was a part of, it was a very hard decision for my wife and I because it was a very great job in the sense that a lot of guys would want this position ministry-wise. It was a it was a it was a big job. It was being campus pastor at a church, and you know when you're in your 20s and and you've gotten a lot of big opportunities when you're pretty young, which I have, and then you know from that point on, it seems like I've taken steps. You know by a lot of people's standards, it seems like I've taken steps backwards in a lot of ways, and yet it's been major steps forwards. God has been so gracious in every single step along the way. But my wife and I had to make a really tough call. I had to make a really tough call when we transitioned out of ministry at this church. And and then I was at another church that or where I was an associate pastor. And then there were some really difficult situations there. And Darren was an encouraging voice. And he, went through text messages and through, through live meetings, spoke words of encouragement to me that I'll cherish forever. I've got him in my journals that, you know, I've just got, because this was a guy, he was a hero to me. And uh, Darren, it was, it was really interesting. He had this gravitas about him. It wasn't necessarily his preaching to me that really captured me, but it was his gravitas. When he was around, you wanted to be around him. It was this, you know, kind of intangible thing. You couldn't really put your finger on it, but you just wanted you wanted to be around Darren. There was a, it was just this. It was odd, but it was unique. And I think Amy in her Instagram post a couple of days ago said that he was a force of nature. I experienced that. And, uh, and so Darren died at a shooting range and this is so fresh and people are jumping to suicide. That's not been announced. And so I'm, I'm not going to suspect that I'm going to suspect the best. I'm going to suspect that it was accidental and it's just devastating regardless. It's just so sad. It's sad for his family. It's just sad for everybody who knew him. And, um, and you know, what do you say? What do you say other than just weep and, uh, grieve? And so I've shed tears and I wasn't, and I'm not even really that close with Darren. I just I've just known him as a kind of a peripheral friend over the years, and it's hard for me. It's hard for me just just because how impactful it's been uh, to know him. And so I'm praying for his family, and I'm asking you to pray for his family. I'm sure you already are. And the impact in Southern Illinois and our region. There's so many people who know him just because we're all Southern Illinois is just this tight knit place. Even though we have different communities five miles apart, we all know each other. And so, so many people in our church know him personally. So many people in churches that in the journey, Southern Illinois, my best one of my best friends is an elder there. Everybody knows him. And so it's just, it's hard. And um, so be praying for his family, please. And I just want to honor a friend. I'm thankful for his life and all that God has done through him. There was a lot that God did through the mid-2000s, through, through the X-29 guys, and a lot that could be critiqued, and a lot that needed to be done better, and a lot that could be done better in Darren's life, he would have admitted, that was not the greatest. And uh, and I experienced some of that, to be honest, um, personally, with him. But we got through it, and uh, and so I'm just, in the end, thankful for all God did. Okay, the intensive. Let's switch gears a little bit to something a little bit more, well, a little bit more happy, to be honest. A group of 17 guys ended up coming together for the intensive this year, and we met down at Eminence, Missouri on Tuesday of last week, so a week from tomorrow. We gathered together for dinner. Joey Hawkins, a board member, and Andy Claude, a board member, both were the cooks, and Joey put together all the menu, and he did such a fantastic job of getting this all together. So thankful for him. 
And the meal Tuesday night was amazing. It was this pork chops with this sauce that Andy made with bourbon and all these spices and stuff. I didn't even know what was on it. It was just amazing. It was like a gourmet meal around the fire Thursday night. And we got to just hang out by the campsite, and we were going to be able to jump off some cliffs and do some swimming and jump off a bridge and those sorts of fun things on Tuesday. That's one of the reasons we got there early. And uh, we got there, and the, the river was flooded. It was very high, and it was borderline whether or not we were going to be able to float the next day. And so it was, we were kind of in tension as we were going to sleep on Tuesday night on the on the beach or on the riverside, whether we were going to be able to float or not. So we go to sleep, wake up in the morning, and I call, call in, and they said, we're good to go. It's a couple inches before... It's a couple inches below flood zone, so we're able to float. And so <laughs> we're all excited, and we have this group. You know, we're going to have seven canoes, or we're going to have nine canoes going down this river, and we're ripping and raring to go. So we get up and get packed up, and the river and Wendy's canoe comes to pick us up. They bring us up river 50 miles, and the idea was we're going to float 50 miles downriver. And we're going to do four sessions during the float trip. I did did the first session night one, and by the way, we're going to release those sessions, the audios for those sessions, every Thursday for the next four weeks. So that's going to be how that, that is. And then the interviews will kind of collect and accumulate, and then the interviews will start on Thursdays after next month, after the four sessions are released. And so we get upriver, and... That we see the river is just raging, and you know I'm not thinking anything because we floated this river every year, and it's not that big of a deal. It's just a really beautiful scenic river with really no hairy situations. Never fl- never flipped a canoe on there or anything. Well, we get in there, and the first people, Brandon and Brady, they flip the canoe first thing. I mean, immediately I mean, they're going through a culvert to begin this float, and we can start on either side of this big culverts, and we thought, well, we're going to start on this side of the culvert, because we want to go through it, and first thing, they flip their canoe, lose their phone, Brandon loses his phone, and we all got a good laugh out of that, but we prayed and give this little crash course on canoeing, and get on the river, and I tell you what, it started a 17 mile, we made it 17 miles, we were going to camp on the side of the river that night, and then continue on and finish the next day, but that day was a crazy, crazy day. Let me just say this. We prayed for safety, we prayed for protection, and God answered. We had six guys that could have died on this trip, me being one of them. We got in some intense situations. Now, I know you're thinking like, well, my goodness, why would I come on this trip? You should come on this trip because it is, as my friend Mark said, when adventure and peril are combined together, it ends up being an amazing trip, and it was. It was a recipe for disaster, and it was a recipe for amazing. We all had stories come out of this thing. We ended up flipping canoes like crazy because the river was just raging. I mean, we were getting pinned against rocks and thrown under trees. We had two canoes that get, got thrown under trees and got stuck under the trees. Two 17-foot canoes that disappeared except for a tip of a canoe sticking out of the water. And the four guys made it through on the other side surviving. And not only did we survive, we didn't even get hurt. There wasn't a single person that got hurt. And so we got down this river and we got to one point and, and we had a guy that said, Hey, listen, I'm done. And we had to make a decision as a board what we're going to do here because the river was just the conditions were terrible. And we didn't get make it even to the most scenic, <laughs> scenic spot. So we made the decision to go ahead and go back to camp. And we went back to camp that night. And then we were kind of able to 
evaluate. I mean, people lost their entire clothes, their tent. Their, I lost my sleeping bag. Uh, our friend Garrett was on the trip, and he had every item of clothing he had on because he was freezing on the, on the float, and he fell off in the water with all of his clothes, and so he was sopping wet and cold all day long. It was just, it was wild. So we get back to camp because we decide we got to get off the river. We make it down to a, to a pickup point. We're 17 miles in, and uh, they bring us back. We're able to kind of, you know, gather our thoughts and pray together and thank God for safety and and uh, and start to tell some stories. And then as the time went on, it started started to be laughable. You know, after we realized we're all alive, we're all okay, we started having great stories already. And so we ended up sleeping at the tent or at the campground that night again, waking up and doing all the final sessions on Thursday morning before we left at noon. And we ended up heading to Lambert's, which is a really great restaurant in Sykeston, Missouri. And uh, it, overall, just evaluating the trip, I've been hearing reports from everybody. Everybody loved it. It was an incredible trip. And here's, here's what I want to encourage you with, men. We, we learned a lot this year, and we're going to modify it for next year. But this trip provides a unique opportunity for everybody who goes. I want you to mark your calendars for May 4th through the 6th of 2021. Just put it on there. If you have a budget line in your church's budget for conferences or whatever, put it in that conference budget line and make it a priority to get to the intensive 2021. We're really excited. The theme next year is going to be Bond of Brothers, not Band of Brothers like the movie, The Bond of Brothers, The Blood of Christ Uniting Brothers Together. And it's going to be an amazing adventure again. And we're hoping, as as Mark, board member Mark, says we're hoping that even next year, even with the modified trip for safety and concern for the lives of our guys, we're hoping that there's going to be a combination of adventure and peril. Those two things. And if you come, you're going to have stories to tell for the rest of your life. The group of guys that went on this trip for the next 30 years, if God gives us these, if God gives us 30 years together, we're going to be able to look back and think about intensive 2020 and praise God that we're alive and tell stories for hours as we laugh around the fire about what God did. Um, we're excited about what God's doing with the Shepherd's Creek ministry. If you're interested in the Shepherd's Creek in any way, would you please consider donating? Would you please consider consider reaching out to me? I would love to come and do a men's event for you. I would love to come and speak to your elders, your team, encourage your guys about sustainable ministry and what is healthy pastoral ministry for the long haul. If you're not healthy, pastor, if you're not healthy, if you don't understand pastoral ministry in the right way, one of two things are going to happen. Eventually, you're going to crush your people or you're going to be crushed yourself. And I want to help with that. I want to help you escape the modern ministry hoopla, everything that's going on in leadership culture, everything that's going on in church growth culture. I want you to understand biblically what God has called you to be and do. What has God prescribed you to be? Who are you? And what are you called to do in pastoral ministry? So if you need help, please reach out. If you need care or counsel, if you need anything like that, please reach out to me. I'm not a mental health professional, but I've been in biblical counseling for several years, and I want to do all that I can to help. We love you, and we want to help you to remember Jesus. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.